Gabby Petito case highlights the growing interest in true crime podcasts. So the death of Gabby Petito and disappearance of Brian Laundrie have kept investigators on their toes, and many across America and around the world follow their every move. One sign of the intense interest in these types of cases is the rise in popularity of true crime podcasts, including Crime Junkie and My Favorite Murder and Serial, which are regularly on the list of most popular U.S. podcasts tracked by Edison Research. And by the way, we're talking like in the top 10 in like the world podcasts. So what is America's fascination with crime? Podcasts are just catching up to the taste of mainstream America, said Edison Research Senior Vice President Tom Webster. I think true crime as a genre is as much about the curiosity, passion, and engagement of the hosts as it is the underlying crime. The popularity of all three of those shows is at least partially attributable to the skill those hosts have in drawing us deeper into the mystery. That is a real craft. If two podcasters tackle the same source material, the better storyteller will always win. So Fox News asked if Edison Research tracks the business side of true crime podcasts and how much money episodic series of spoken word digital audio files bring in. Now Webster says the company only tracks audience numbers, but he did add that true crime popularity is also seen on TV. Look at the non-sports shows that win in the television ratings each week. The Equalizer, Law and Order, 911, FBI, NCIS, etc., he said. So Illinois Wesleyan University associate professor Amanda Vicari is a self-described true crime addict. I never thought I'd find a way to incorporate my obsession with crime into my professional life, Vicari said in an IWU magazine article. Sometimes I'd be rooting through court documents or watching Dateline and think, I can't believe I'm actually working right now. So Vicari has become a highly sought-after expert in the crime community. She even conducted a study exploring whether only women are intrigued by crime. Now here's the thing, it's not only women, it's just predominantly women, for some reason. So in reading these stories or listening to these podcasts, you learn how people get murdered, how people get kidnapped, you learn techniques to survive, even if they are as simple as locking your door. Vicari said, anyone who knows me can tell you that I'm completely paranoid. I have all these little devices around my house, and my husband thinks I'm a total nutcase, but I think learning the survival skills may be why I like crime as well. So whether it's podcasts, television shows, or books, true crime is captivating America. People follow along with cases like Gabby Petito's from the time a disappearance is reported until suspects are charged and convicted, and even the aftermath of all those as well, which, you know, they haven't mentioned. But there's a lot of true crime podcasts that also focus on what are the after effects of these crimes that were conducted by these individuals, right? Because sometimes some of these crimes were actually not done 
by the people who were convicted. So it makes it like a whole nother side of it that is very interesting to a lot of listeners, right? That's why people tend to like debate, okay, who actually did it? Why do they think they did it? And what's the reason? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I thought those was pretty interesting and it makes perfect sense, right? It makes perfect sense that this whole case is bringing more and more light to true crime podcasts because this is a very odd case, right? Like no matter which way you look at it, there's a lot of different parts to this case that kind of doesn't even make sense, right? Because let's just like break it down from the time of this recording about this whole Gabby Petito situation, right? Because you have basically a boyfriend and girlfriend or fiance fiance, right? Because that's still not even necessarily clear, right? They had a spat. From one point of view, you had Gabby potentially scratching her partner, or you had Brian potentially hitting Gabby, right? There might or might not have been some sort of mental break that happened inside the van, right? There's, again, a 911 eyewitness reporting saying that they potentially saw someone that fit the description, that fit the van, that was like basically had like Brian basically hitting Gabby, right? But if you were to look at the camera on the police officer, it looked as if she was having a mental breakdown and it seemed like she attacked him. So again, it's like a very odd situation in that aspect, right? Then it's a very odd aspect that obviously he went back to Florida and immediately lawyered up and basically disappeared and didn't like work with like uh, the police at all during that time, right? There's just so many different factors to this that just makes it very odd right and again feel free to give your thoughts about this whole like situation in terms of like gabby right because think about it like this right brian depending on where he is which personally i do not think that he's even in the country anymore because he had about almost two weeks of basically being able to be gone because you got to understand something too he has never been charged with anything, okay? So it would have been very easy for him to simply leave the country, right? It would not be hard for someone in his situation if he did kill Gabby, because again, we don't even know that. The coroner report still hasn't come out that they could you know, provide some sort of evidence that links him to the murder yet. Right, So we don't even know that. Now, we can pretty much assume that there's a very high chance that he killed her, right? But there's also a tiny, tiny chance that he didn't, right? And then if you factor in, like, the potential other homicides that were, like, that happened near the area in question, like, kind of near, right? That opens up a questionable side about this situation, Right? But again, he's basically the main suspect in this situation, right? And then you got to also ask, what does his parents know? Does his parents know anything? What does his lawyer know? Does his lawyer know anything, 
right? So it just gets into like a really odd situation because with this case, there's just so many different factors that are unknown or depending on how you look at it, it looks very different to the viewer, right? Now, I'm pretty certain that we can pretty much assume that the majority of people that are watching this case view it like that he is the one that killed Gabby. But again, until there's a full investigation, we don't know. Until we get the results of the coroner fully, we don't know. All we know as of right now is that most likely he probably fled the country. At the very least, is hiding somewhere. And number three, that she for sure was murdered. Like, that's what we know, truly, 100%, right? So, I mean, feel free to give your thoughts as to, like, the situation. Feel free to give your thoughts as to why do you think true crime podcasts specifically are growing at such an exponential rate. Because the money that we're talking about with, like, true crime podcasts, we're talking, like, seven, eight figures of, like, money generation coming in, right? I believe... Uh, my favorite murder, they signed a contract, I think, of about $10 million worth, right? Not to mention any of the things that they end up like are selling or something. So you could kind of see the potential like money pile that is there in true crime, right? Not to mention, let's just say like, let's say that you had like an equivalent of like, let's say the law and order on a podcast, right? If they truly made something like that. We're talking potentially like multiple eight figures every single year for that type of show, right? Because it's not just the amount of people that are listening to it, right? It's the engagement involved in it. It's like the people who listen to these types of things are like so connected to these content, like they're so focused on it. They like listen to it so deeply that it's like almost like a religion, practically. Like that's another like, that's probably the best way to really explain the situation is that a lot of listeners that listen to true crime podcasts treat it like their habit, their daily habit. So... If any of these podcasters were to like sell a product or say an ad read, there's a high likelihood that the listeners of those podcasts, a good portion of them, are going to engage and potentially buy something, right? So we're talking like QVC on steroids with a slash of cutting throats, right? Like it's absolutely insane. And the amount of money that can be generated from like a true crime podcast, especially like these top, top charted true crime podcasts are insane, right? The amount of money is absolutely insane. And the thing is, you could also have like a very tiny true crime podcast and still make a lot of money just because of like the loyalty and how deeply every listener ends up listening to the actual content. But feel free to give your thoughts. 
Now, if you need help with your money and getting out of debt, go to 4 dmboxcom to learn how to get out of debt so that you can free up more time and listen to true crime podcasts, I guess. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help, Go down below and learn how to master your money. And this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation. And it's very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, go down below as well. And we'll see you in future episodes.